Hello, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to the Highly Suspicious Podcast with Louie and Preston. My name is Louie. My name's Preston. Reporting once again, live from the trap house. We here, we back. We back. It, it feels like no time has passed for the viewer, but for us, it's been... It's been a while. It's been a tumultuous two weeks, as I was telling Preston yeah. a second ago. It, it's finally fall. It's finally gotten fucking cold. I don't think it was cold the last time we were recording. So, did he notice that on the recording? What? That we were talking about how... It was lovely outside. How it was so nice outside <laughs> and how it should be cold it is. And because of that, we were talking about global warming. Yeah. And we were talking about, like, it's about to be hot for Halloween. It's yeah. not even going to be cold like that for Halloween, and then that was after Halloween that we posted, and yeah. it was cold as fuck on Halloween, Yeah. which, by the way, on Halloween, I was riding with Caroline in her car, her new car, and the fucking tire is completely flat, and we're driving, and it's like, you know, it Jesus sounds like Christ, it's scraping against the floor, and I'm like, uh... I think I think wrong. you should pull <laughs> over. And so we were fucking standing outside. Nice. Just looking at the tire. Nice. Freezing my dick off. Yeah. Caroline's, you know, lady parts off. <laughs> we're going to do a challenge today. Oh, yeah? We're going to do a challenge today. And you are going to think I'm so stupid because we're about to do this. I do not care. So, a little context. I went over to my parents' house yesterday and... They were pawning off all their candy on me. For some reason, Sweet. they buy candy that they don't even like. So so when <laughs> what only the hell? 30 kids get candy, they're like, Louie, take all this shit. Damn. Usually they do like the chocolatey yeah, mix yeah. with like the Kit Kats and the Crunch and the Snickers. Twitch all shit that they like. And they just had just whatever variety bag that Costco had. Nice. So they have... The, the world's largest mix assortment of... Yeah. A, a bunch of whatever. shit that they do not like. So, I have a grocery bag about 50 pounds in my bedroom right now because they pawned off so much candy on me. Just a, a snack pile so, to reach into. What do I have in my hand right now? Oh, shit. Let's go. Watermelon? The watermelon I, I, one's I, I, pretty sour. I'm gonna let you choose. So, we have warheads here. We got a green one. We got a blue one. We got a red one. We got a pink one. Which one do you want? Kind of want the pink one. Not gonna you can lie. take that. I'm gonna do blue Raz. So, this is more context. I haven't had... I haven't had one of these. I haven't had a warhead since I was probably like 10 years old. And it was so fucking sour that I spit it out. So, what we're gonna do... <laughs> We're going to put these in our mouth, pause, and we are going to try to have a conversation while potentially <laughs> in horrible pain. I think this is actually really funny, but I also wonder if, like, you can't talk, you know? Like, if it's so tart that, you like, our jaws clench up. But I think that would be talk, funny. You know? Okay. There could be a good amount of content here or no content here. All right. So, three, two, one. Right off the bat, my tongue is like recoiling. Yeah. It's also gross because your mouth starts salivating. Yeah. So, I don't know if you saw this. I think this is a good starter topic. I'm just going to play the Simpsons clip for you. The new Simpsons clip. Oh, 
that's mm. quite a grip. See, Marge, strangling the boy has paid off. Just kidding, I don't do that anymore. Times have changed. <laughs> I've heard about this. So, The Simpsons is no longer showing Homer strangling Bart. I think it's What's been your opinion on that? I think it's been a while since they've shown that, even. Honestly. I think they're just finally addressing it. I think we should make this work worse and just put in more warheads. <laughs> if we finish this topic and we're still going, we should put in a second warhead. <laughs> um, I think they gotta be meta. So they gotta, like, say, what's up? And, and say, like, I know this was a bit for a long time, but you're not gonna see that anymore. Here's... It's kind of a dumb context to bring it up. Like, writing-wise, it's weak. Writing-wise, it's definitely weak. But just talking about, like, the actual thing, do you think... What do you think about the actual moving away from it? Uh, it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon, so it doesn't really... They should be able to do the bit in a cartoon. I don't think Simpsons is really for kids or ever has been for kids. I think it's because it's on fucking Disney now that they might be doing some shit like that. That's a good point. Because it's one of those things where it's like, it was definitely PG-13 and above, like, leaning... Yeah, but I was watching it like five years old. But yeah, it's, you know, cartoons, so it can be on in the background, and everybody can be like, yeah, "Eh, that little kid's not really paying attention. It's going over their head. Really how it's sneaky, though, is it's not as explicit as, like, Family Guy or or South Park or anything like like that. So it can kind of sneak past parents' defenses, and then there will be that one super raunchy joke thrown in there. Or wild scene. But never has that scene been Homer choking Bart. You know, they they never like linger on it. You know, in a weird way, it just happens. It's done. So, here's my thing. I'm gonna read what this person on Twitter said. So, so basically, they said after finding out about this, took them long enough. LMAO. Mm-mm. And they said me watching cynical neckbeards in their comments getting butt hurt that their precious cartoon child abuse gag mm. isn't continuing and the Simpsons shit in. Y'all call it quote unquote woke. I call it good character development for Homer. Yeah, but times have changed. Have character development because it's a cartoon, right? No, more so that like it's a it's a part of his character to not have character development. You know, he fucks up with Marge so many times the Mm -hmm. exact same fucking way Mm -hmm. that it's, and and even like every time he achieves his dream of doing something, and no matter what the fuck it is, because it's always just, uh, he saw it, he wanted it, it's new dream, new dream goal, it happens, it's done, and it's never brought up again, you know? But he's, you know, fucking died and gone to heaven and then come back to life. Yeah. And shit like that. That's how not developing his character is. Cause, yeah. Because every episode is on die. its own. So I want to read another thing this person says. And then I'm going to actually give my opinion on it. Someone replied to the original post saying, It's just as well because that's considered child abuse nowadays. Mm-hmm. And this person says, It's always yeah. been considered child Don't abuse really. even before the show began. I'm going to tell you why this person is fucking stupid. And seeing shit like this on Twitter makes me mad. At what point did they try to say that Homer choking Bart was a good thing? Yeah. At what point were they trying to show Homer as some role model or some positive figure? Mm -hmm. At what point is Homer viewed as anything 
except a fat, stupid, yeah, drunk. angry, yeah. drunk oaf. Mm-hmm. Literally. So, so when this person is saying this person isn't completely wrong, yeah. and I'll say that they're not completely wrong because clearly the people that run the Simpsons now feel the same way. They feel like they can't get away with this shit like they used to. Mm-hmm. But that's fucking stupid because the original version of The Simpsons, that's how fucked up The Simpsons is now that I'm not even considering it a part of the same universe mm-hmm. at a certain point. It's one of those I need to know when to call it quits things. They were controversial to prove a point. Mm-hmm. They were always controversial for humor's sake and to prove a point. And the point of having Homer choke Bart was that that's the American family, nuclear family unit emphasized. Because yeah. that's what that shit has been over time. If if you're you you're bad and you do something wrong, it's like okay, let me spank you, let me hit you. Yeah. That's that's literally how people are parenting. Do they always fucking strangle them? No, but that's a, it's the not a cartoon's far, you know, point. It's not a far fucking step. You know? No, it's not. No, it's not. Genuinely. I might be out on Disney, bro. Yeah. I might... Because I keep thinking about this with all the ways that Disney is ruining things that I loved. Mm-hmm. Like Simpsons. Star like Wars. Star Wars. Like Bro. Marvel. Bro. And it's almost as if they do it on purpose. It's almost as they if... Do. It's about the target audience, you know? Really? I don't know. Might be more nefarious than that. Mm. So, let's get a Warhead check-in right now. Am I the I only one I just have a hard that, candy in my mouth right now. Am I the only one that's surprised that I'm just having, like, no reaction to this when I remember as a kid it being the sourest fucking thing of all time? It's just the outside that's like that. Do you think it's the alcohol that I've drank in my life where my taste buds are like, yeah, this isn't shit. This isn't that bad. Potentially. Mm. I think it's more so that it's just the it's just the outer layer. You know? Like, once you're done with it, it's done. When you're a kid, mm. that immediate reaction is like all you can remember. Alright. Do you want the red one? Or do you want the green one? Which one do you think is worse? I feel like the green one's probably worse. Let's do it. And I'm taking the red one. I still got the blue rise in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Can I crush it? I might just spit it out. It doesn't taste very good. Like, no, as a hard candy. Oh, yeah, that's sour. Shit. That one's worse than the blue rise for sure. See? Oh, my God. It's drying out my mouth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's funny because mine this time around is more sour, too. My tongue is dry, bro. That's gross. So, I went back to an old podcast episode yesterday. Sweet. Which one? How far back? A year ago. Nice. And it was the Scott Satterfield episode. Yeah. Slipping Scott Sat. It was really good. It held up. I do feel like it's reassuring to go back and see how much better that we've gotten. Yeah. That wasn't even that long ago. 
I know that's what I'm saying. Though. Damn, man. <laughs> this fucking Warheads challenge was not as funny as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> because once you get past the sour moment... It's done. It's done. It's yeah. very average. Honestly, that's why I was saying, like, if you had more, we should have just, like, taken multiple. Just, just for a moment of pain. I went back to that episode, and I really didn't understand what the fuck I was talking about, just because I was speaking from just an emotional point of view. <laughs> yeah. Because it was the day of, and all the information about it hadn't even been released yet. Yeah, you were just, just going off. But let me give y'all a history lesson real quick. So, Tom Jurich was the athletic director... In the quote-unquote golden age of Louisville Athletics. Yeah. He hired Rick Pitino. He hired all the coaches in, you know, the 2000s and the early 2010s when we were really good. The last time we were really good. And then with the whole Rick Pitino stuff, he kind of got lumped in with everybody and tossed to the curb. Yeah. And after that, this failed businessman named Vince Tyree became the athletic director. And he created the era of mediocrity. We had Scott Satterfield, who every year was like a 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five type of guy. And we also had Chris Mack, who got hired after Rick Petito, and mid at best, never went to the tournament, always had a slightly winning record. But the idea that was... To get some soft-spoken, nice guys in Louisville Athletics to to kind of help our image get back to where it was. Having having a couple people that weren't controversial, that didn't break the rules like that, that yeah. would just hopefully bring us back to quote-unquote normal. You go from having... It's, it's like cancel culture. Yeah. Like, good coaches, good at their job at least, get canceled... Shit goes downhill. Yeah. Because we have people who are just mid, just average, mm-hmm. just and that's what they kinda got hired for was just yeah. to be like a normal dude, just they're doing their job. Yeah. Right. You know, instead of a big name. Right. You know? Yeah. Cause Rick Petito was infamously, you know. He he was an infamous guy before all the fuck shit happened. Yeah, because he would he would be the top he's a fucking New Yorker. So, if you ever met a New Yorker, they're loud, they're in your face, they're not afraid to He was a mad, say, mad man. He, Every game, he looked like he could kill somebody. I know. Even if we were doing well. <laughs> We'd give you up 15 points, and he would be like... He would be yelling so hard, he would see veins Oh, no, the no, man would be running out of his face. And in the early 2010s, that kind of pushed me away from Louisville basketball, because... Yeah. He was doing the most. Aggressive. He was always doing the most. But anyways. So, another update that I'm going to give for all this. Things are going splendidly for the most part. Scott Satterfield, you want to guess how many games they've won to loss in Cincinnati? They played 10 games. Three? They have won two games on the season. They're two and eight. Damn. And... I think it's hilarious that there's this one person I know, and she works in the athletic department for Cincinnati, so she's always on the sidelines for the games. 
and before every game, she posts some stupid shit on her Snapchat story where she's like, it's game day, and and she does this, I can't even really explain it, like, she does like a foot wiggle thing, weird, like, every game, and every game she does that, they fucking lose to someone shitty. That's actually hilarious. But it's that specifically. I think so. But on the opposite side of the spectrum, we have lost one game. We are eight in one, and we are on the cusp of going to our first ACC championship mm-hmm. game ever. We've never even come close to that. We never even <laughs> smelled sniffed it. it. Yep. So to do this in Jeff Rom's first year. As head coach. It's been awesome. I've gone to almost every game. I've been to all the ones at the stadium because I just... live right there, you know? Like I just get on my bike, and it's a 10-minute bike ride max. And so I don't have to worry about traffic. I don't have to worry about about driving driving. drunk. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Pre-game a little, even, you know? Exactly. Before I even get there. Hell yeah. That's why everybody should be able to bike everywhere. How a lot less dangerous to be in an accident on your bike. Yeah, to say that to me, though. Shit. <laughs> it's like, you know, you hit a stationary object on a bike, you're just, you fall off your bike. Stationary object in your car, your car's fucked. You're, you're decapitated. Fucked. <laughs> yeah, literally. That would suck. <laughs> but just, you know, what's a little drunk driving on a bike? Harmless. Maybe a public intoxication charge, you know? That's the most you're going to get. This new athletic director has been going for these uh, high-risk, high-reward guys. So he hired Kenny Payne for basketball, who was an assistant coach at Kentucky for so many years and was an assistant coach at the New York Knicks for a year or two. And he was also... A Louisville alum, he played for the championship team in the 80s. What? And it's not going quite as well. (laughs) Yeah. We had a four-win season last year, and tonight, on last Monday when you all listen to this, I am going to the home opener. Oh, sweet. And I'm not feeling too good about it. Yeah. I remember going to the home opener against Bellarmine last year. Oh, God, To yeah. lose. Yeah, we got destroyed last year. Who are they playing tonight? This this team called UMBC. You've never heard of them before. They're the Retrievers. <laughs> I think it's like U, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Oh, my God. That's really weird. So they're a very, very, very low D1 school. You know why I'm not confident about it? Because about a week ago, we played our second exhibition game against a D2 team named Kentucky Wesleyan. Oh, yeah. And we fucking lost. Damn. With all of these, you know, we have five-star guys on our team. We got four-star guys. At a certain point, the talent is not the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. so, you you take the good with the bad, I guess. Can't have but, it all, Louie, you know? But do you think, uh... 
Do you think the athletics athletic director has done a good job just based on those two hires? The hire who's immediately taking us where we've never gone before, and and the hire that has <laughs> has taken us where we've never been before in a the bad way direction. in in a way that we haven't been since. Last year, they always talked about the 1940-41 to 41 team where yeah. this baseball coach was coaching basketball. For whatever reason, we, we lost our coach in the middle of the season. Nobody wanted to do it. They were like, fuck it. We got Just, this guy. He, 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 how different can baseball be to basketball? <laughs> that's the only year that's come close to where the fuck we're at now. That is wild. And there's no reason to do it. We have... A fucking stadium that seats 25,000 people or whatever it is. The yeah. Yum Center is huge. It is huge. And if we keep losing... That's money in the hole. That's money in the hole because even the diehardest of Louisville fans are not going if we're going to keep being shitty. Literally. We need a good basketball team because that stadium is huge. And I remember when they built that shit... It's fucking ginormous. Yeah. It's it's literally one of the biggest stadiums in college basketball. Yeah. Because Louisville doesn't have anything else. We don't have an NFL team. We don't have an NBA team. We have no yeah. of the like main sports. We don't have a professional team. It's crazy because now the big thing here is our soccer team, which is nuts. Like I don't think anybody would have predicted that before they built the stadium. That that show would be as huge as it is here now. That's the most, like, if you build it, they will come. Mm, as literally. Leap of faith bro. that they could have done. because Straight up. Because I do think they're doing pretty good. I think a lot of people have a lot of hype for it. It's musical intermission time. This is your chance to sit back and relax and listen to the... Juicy tunes that Preston has. The vibe for the day. Last time I felt like I dropped the ball. I feel like as much as I like stuff with no lyrics, there's just never much there to talk about. kind of just want to play a bop. You can play whatever you want. So when we walk in any venue, it's a light show. Catch a dinner and a movie, wear your nice clothes. I throw the burner phone away, I go ice cold. Can't lose my main bitch fucking with my side hoes. I know she mad when the text is full of typos. She asked me about this chick Alexa, she like five Uh, she don't care about me, she entitled. I'm fucking her and I fuck the bitch, she idol. I'm inspired by the women with no rivals. I'm inspired by the women that wanna be politicians. Inspired by the That was Highway 95 by Baby King. You got me on this one. Really? Yes. Um, you probably know it, like, know a song that's on the same album with it, Lost Souls. I, I know. Fires, like you, I know the album, and I've listened to the deluxe before, but for whatever reason, this one flew under my radar. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I think this is just like, it's so... It's so baby keen, you know? Like, it's very his his whole deal, his whole vibe. And it's crazy because it's the opposite of what I like. This is only a minute and 30 seconds song. 
That's crazy. You know? But it's such a... I, I love the, like, spoken word poetry aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have the la-la-las and oohs and shit just to vibe us in to the, the setting. And then he's just, like, talking about, you know, a day, really. You know, day in the life type shit. And I like the way of saying, you know, like, them the days we couldn't buy no gourmet. You know, just, like, saying how it is. He, he says his transmission's fucked when he takes it to the guy, and he's like, fuck, no way. Like, I can't afford that shit right now. You know, yeah. relatable shit. And it's also crazy because, like, I'm glad that I picked this song, actually, because I was sort of thinking about how this whole bit of the show is supposed to be about who needs some some shine, and it's like, dude only has 17 million, like, monthly listeners. That's, I think he should be bigger than that. He should be bigger than that. Absolutely. I would have guessed more than that. Because, to me, he's in the conversation of, like... Best newer artists. Oh, yeah. Of this, like, sort of newer generation yeah. of artists, for of, sure. Of the past five years, I know he's just at the cutoff of that. Yeah. He's been someone releasing some of the most... I mean, his shit just sounds very modern. Yeah. He, he does... I think he's influenced a little by X, just in the sense that... I hear that, yeah. He he can't be pinned down to just one thing. He has different types of rap that he likes, and so yeah. he has different types of rap that he makes. Yeah, literally. So, I thought it was funny that I have a thing on my phone that, on the lock screen, it'll tell me what song's playing automatically. Cool. And so, it didn't work today. It said that it was uh, Killing Me Softly by... That's actually Fuji really funny. Because <laughs> because this was sampled. This sampled. <laughs> That's that great. That's great. So, I thought that was funny. Even got the technology today. What I think is so cool about Keem, what he's able to do here... Because he's not banging some crazy lyrics over your head like... Yeah. But... I like nonchalant rap, you know? I like rap that's just like... Just like some older school shit, too, was literally like this, where it's just like a lot of Ice Cube and shit like that, where they're just Uh kind of, you know... Today was a good day. Today was a good day. That's kind of what I was thinking about when you were saying that. Just like we're like Snoop even, you know? Like Gin and Juice and shit like that, where it's just like, here's the, the beats, the vibe, and I'm just taking you along on this, you know way that I'm going to talk about my day, you know, and it's, it's the simple principle of like rap about what you know, or sing about what yep. you know, or create about what you know, like keep it personal and it'll be a good product. It's kind of like, it's refreshing to hear that. Cause I think some rap starts to get overcomplicated nowadays, even, you know, like there's this sort of push to be a heady, you know, trippy yeah. kind of rapper instead of just being something casual, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. For sure. Casual, you know, not trying to compete with nobody, staying in your lane, mm-hmm. making music that you know you're happy with. I think what makes Keem so good is his delivery. Yeah. Because the thing about songs like this, I think it's interesting this song is on the deluxe because this would have been definitely not the worst song on the Melodic Blue. I'll yeah. say that for sure. For sure. But... 
songs like this, songs like uh, Scapegoats, which is also on the album, mm-hmm. where it's a very stripped back vocal sample production, and it's him just rapping. No, he's not trying to do any crazy melodic shit. He's not trying to sing. He's not trying to do anything too crazy with his flow. But he conveys so much importance mm-hmm. in what he's saying. And his flow though, is still solid. Yeah, I'm not you know I'm not disparaging it. I'm, I'm not saying anymore. Like But like it, I'm just reading over literally probably the strongest flow in it. And it's when he does all the shit we've talked about him sounding, you know, like Kendrick and him sounding similar in the like Kendrick does voices. Mm-hmm. And Baby Keem kind of will fuck with their vocal range while spitting some bars. And it's like, when he says entitled in this song, you know, she don't care about me, she entitled. Entitled. Yeah. I'm fucking her and I fuck the bitch she idol. You know? It's just, it's different. You know, it makes him stand out. It's it's what separates a rapper from a non-rapper. Yeah. Because... If I, if you put that those lyrics in my hand and they were like okay make this sound good entitled idle yeah it wouldn't have the they same, don't rhyme like that it, it would have the same effect it wouldn't work the same way that it works when Baby Keith does the shit mm-hmm. and then he I'm, goes then he goes to rivals he makes that shit rhyme with rivals you know and I think it's I think it's a good strong uh, lyricist to be able to make that shit work yeah. Like, you know those words don't technically rhyme, but you're going to say them like they fucking rhyme, yeah. and it's going to work. Nobody's going to be like, in the song, it doesn't feel like they rhyme. They fucking rhyme. Yeah. yeah. It's just the way he says it. And it's kind of like, I've I've been kind of noticing that in other music more anyway, where it's just like, the lyrics that you'll read might not sound right if you just say them. Yeah. But if you're singing them with the other lyrics in the song, you're not going to... You're not going to enunciate the D at the end of the word the same way. Yeah. You know? Right. And shit like that. Yeah. I am super anticipating the Dice Keep album. Yeah. Because after uh, his run in 2021 and his shit on the Kendrick album last year. Yeah. Streets need it, bro. Yeah, like, it's been a while, too. Yeah. Like, the the people need it. Because the think... Deluxe got released in 2022. Yeah, I forgot That's... about that. And the deluxe for that is fucking good, yeah. man. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a lot of songs, bro. That's an hour and 20 minutes. That's 26 songs. Yeah. Fine China is a great melodic cut off yeah. of the deluxe. Uh, do you like A Life of Pain? Yeah. That's one of the harder sounding Keem songs where it's just straight up aggressive which is something you don't hear from him a whole ton. True. Very when, different from his usual vibe. But when he, when he does that, I think it's really cool. That's what's so dope about him, and that's why a lot of people say the sky's the limit with him, because totally. if he wanted to sit down and make like a super lyrical Kendrick-type album, he could do that. Yeah. If he wanted to go full mainstream and focus on the melodic shit yeah. and focus on doing weird, unique sounds that aren't really done in the mainstream, he could do that. Yeah. He could do anything that he fucking sets his mind to, not to sound like his mother or anything. Mm. Well, it's also like, you got Kendrick supporting you, you know? Yeah, right. 
can't go wrong. No, you, you can't. Know? Just keep making singles and shit with the man. Yeah. And you'll pick up some, some shit along the way. How would you rank the Baby King Kendrick songs? So there's Hillbillies this say. year. Yeah, that's from this year. And then there's Family Ties. And then there's Range Brothers. Yeah, Range Brothers. And then there's... Uh, I've listened to Range Brothers before. And then there's Family Ties Savior. Savior's good. And then there's N95. I think that's all of them. Is he on N95? He does kind of like the chorus. He goes oh. back and forth with Kidder. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of where we were talking about how you can't even really differentiate yeah, yeah, they sound similar between there. one or the other. It's interesting because like, I'm just more of a Kendrick fan, so I'm probably going to put those songs up. And that yeah. album's the, Those songs fantastic. in particular, too, are crazy. Yeah, so. they're, they're, they're both crazy. Family Ties is a solid song, though. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those where it's like, it's definitely his style of music, where he's not scared to be, like, kind of weird and experimental. But it's also one of those where it's like, I can see it on a Kendrick album. You know? Yeah. Like, it would fit in on a Kendrick album. Especially, like, his, like, untitled yeah. shit. It could fit in there because that whole collection's just kind of, like... All over the place. All over the place, yeah. So, I think I would rank Hillbillies on the bottom, which is still good. I just don't think it's a classic like some of these other songs are. Yeah. And then from there, I would probably go Savior, which is awesome, but I don't play it all the time yeah it it's better it's one of those Kendrick songs where it's like it's better in the context of the album totally because it brings the whole album and theme and stuff yeah. together and then i would probably go see this is so fucking hard exactly. all these songs are so good and then i would <laughs> what and then i would probably go family ties yeah which is a fucking classic i do think the kendrick part Hold it back a little bit for me. Yeah. The Kendrick part is great, and I loved it at the time, but just on replay, yeah. Billy, oh, the, yeah. the part I played for too. is the horns at the beginning and the big key crazy. beat switch. That's really the yeah. best part of the whole song. And then I would go, number two would be in 95 because, I mean, that's just a crazy-ass song that's vintage Kendrick too. has the Mad City flow and stuff. I, 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 I would put, agree. I'd put Range Brothers first. Is that the... That's the second song on the album, too. And and United yeah. and Grief's more of, like, setting a tone. Yeah. In 95's kind of like the first song on the fucking album. Yeah. You know? When when I first listened to those first two songs, my mind was so blown. Oh, literally. It, my mind... I was like... such a 180. Yeah. He's like, you thought it was gonna be all sad and shit. Yeah, you thought... No. It, we outside. Yeah. Which is sick. And the whole album's kind of like that. It's kind of the same vibe. Yeah, from, from United it's and meta Grief... It's fuck. From United and Grief to In 95 to Worldwide Steppers. Worldwide Steppers. It's like, bro, it, is this even music? Is this even rap? Yeah. Is this, like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm listening to right now. Yeah. It's just taking you on a journey. Anyways. Shout out Baby Keem. So... What would you say is your favorite Baby Keem song? Might be Range Brothers. Range Brothers is just so good to me. And it's so hard to explain to people why it's so good. But it's kind of like what we were talking about before where it's just a really fun song and it's 
putting Kendrick in that mode that he used to be in fucking yeah. 10 years ago, which is a Kendrick I still love today. Oh, yeah. Though. It is awesome to hear him, like, still be able to do that shit. Yeah. But it's also cool because it's like, you you don't see artists evolve that much. Like, as much as Kendrick has openly changed yeah. and, you know, a lot of artists try to sound pretty consistent. Yeah. Even if they're trying to do something different, it's not for an entire album like he does. It's, yeah. I, here's a song or two where I'm kind of experimenting a little bit. And so it's nice for him to just, like, not even, it's like, he's, like, still at his peak. It's just, like, when he just first different. got there, the energy was totally different. Yeah. I just saw something come across my timeline where it was a Kendrick lyric card thing. It's from... Absol's Black Lip Bastard remix from 2012, I think, 2011, 2012. And Kendrick says, uh, even falling off, I land on the ass of Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Eat, eat that pink pussy like it's Friday. Dude. Like. That shit's so good. Where was that on Miss Emerald? How is that even the same person? Exactly. Exactly. Bro. Went from... Eat the pink pussy like it's Friday to I grieve different. Uh, literally, so dude. Crazy. Like okay. I said, the energy's just different. Because it's like he can still do the same flows and sound mm-hmm. the same. But it's like he was so aggressive with it, you know? Yeah. In the best way possible, you know? Yeah, for sure. And because he's never been like a malicious trying to beef kind of rapper either, all of his bars that were savage as fuck were just bars that you would hear and be like, damn, yeah. that was sick. Yeah, right. I love the way he did that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pivot slightly to a different music conversation. Yeah. Here's what I wrote in my notes. When should Kanye fans be held accountable? <laughs> I was literally talking about how cancel culture isn't real the other day. I was saying, like, if anybody's canceled, it's, it's Kanye. But he's not. But he's not. So... And I, I was talking about Life of Pablo specifically. I was like, that's the album that should have been canceled. Because that's when he started saying crazy shit. And everybody still listened to that album. Yeah. You know? And everybody still listens to songs off that fucking album. You listen to the first song and it's gospel. And then you listen to the second song and he's talking about fucking the model in Bleach Out Her Asshole. And Literally. Bleach Out Your T-Shirt. And, no. and then he's talking about famous... Uh, it's all over the Taylor places. Swift it's sick made her famous wish I would have <laughs> fucked her whatever he said uh, <laughs> but at a certain point everyone should be in agreement that he's a fucking anti-Semite oh yeah and it's just so weird how the rules are different depending on I mean we talked about that in the last episode too which is kind of funny but Depending on who you are mm-hmm. depends on how fucking cancelable you are. Yeah. So, so if you're a politician and you're openly an anti-Semite, if you even are seen with that person, it's like, well, your yeah, stock's you going must, down like you crazy. You must also be an anti-Semite. You associate yourself with an anti-Semite. That's not very cool. Yeah. In my opinion, it's not very cool. I think it's because cool. they can just brush off him as being crazy. And so when he says outlandish shit, they'll just be like, eh, 
nobody's really listening to him. He's just some crazy famous dude. Yeah. You know? And that's the built-in excuse, And it's also right? like, just recently his music has started to take a shift from his viewpoints. All of his pre- previous albums were still, you know, begun by the OG grind every day Kanye. Yeah. You know? Right. Like, a real person versus this dude who's dissociating and off yeah. of his meds. Not you know? the same person. Yeah. So, here's why I wanted to talk about this. So, there's this uh, Twitter account that's uh, of these podcasters that always talk about music called NFR. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. The NFR podcast. For a while, I wanted to hate on them, but then I got into <laughs> listening to their podcast and they... They have some uh, good videos. They have some good takes sometimes. Nice. This is what they fucking do to piss me off. In the last seven days, they have tweeted about Kanye seven times. Has he done anything recently? And in the last three months, they made, they made three videos. One uh, new Kanye West album, question mark. <laughs> One being major updates from Kanye West's new album, and then another one being breaking news from Kanye West's album. Just shamelessly uh, riding that wave, because people don't want to make as much content about Kanye because, you know, obvious reasons. I guess I should have introduced this differently, but I'm going to introduce this part now. (coughs) He was... Kanye announced that he was going to put out an album with Ty Dolla Sign. Yeah. And it was announced that he would be doing a multi-stadium listening event similar to what he did to Donda. Wild. And all these bozos are coming out of the woodwork being like, let's go, I'm so excited. Yeah, which is weird. And then... It's like, I like his music, but I'm not going to go actually support the dude. Yeah. I'm not going to buy merch. I'm not going to go pay for tickets because that's how they actually make money. Right. But the 25 cents for me streaming, you know, any old school fucking Kanye shit is not going to fucking make a difference. So here's what happened. You want to guess what happened? Uh, That shit did not come out. That shit did not come out. The multi-stadium event got postponed, quote unquote, mm-hmm. to who knows when. People have the nerve... To be disappointed. People have the nerve not just to be disappointed, but to try to cash in on anti-Semitism. I don't fuck with it, man. Me either, dude. It's weird because it's like, I don't know. It's it's still like, it's like radio culture where it's like, I don't understand how you can be playing shit that's 10 plus years old on the radio still. Because it shows like how, what shit's still relevant in people's minds, even. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, God, what was on the radio the other day where it literally caught me off guard because I was like, this is not a bad song. It's just, I don't think I should be hearing it on the radio like 15 years later from when it dropped. What was it? Like some, oh, my God, it was Lady Gaga. It was literally, it was literally like Poker Face on the radio. Yeah. Like on 98.9 or some shit. And I was like, how is this 
still on the radio. <laughs> it's not a bad song. I'm not gonna shit on Lady Gaga because she's iconic, you know, and, and at the time that album was huge. Mm-hmm. But it's 2023. And, <laughs> and they're still watch. playing fucking poker face checks watch it's still 2023 literally like what the fuck and so for people to be coming out the woodwork for Kanye's releasing a new album weren't the last two ones shit yeah when will you learn your lesson do not have hope for this man Unless he gets back on the meds, I don't think he's releasing good music. I think he's going to continue on some, I'm I'm ultra Christian, I hate the Jews, blah, 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 crazy shit. Yeah. Instead of, you know, ultra light beam and, you know. You know what I need Kanye to do? I, I, I love all of his shit with Jay-Z, you know? Every Kanye mm-hmm. and Jay-Z song is yep. fire. You know what I need Kanye to do? I need his crazy ass shit bullshit to bleed into his music. Because yeah. that way people can stop separating them. That way people yeah. can stop acting like he's still the same genius that we all fell in love with. Yeah. That way we can kind of say, okay, the music's really taking a hit now yeah. and I can no longer separate the anti-Semitism from... The music. Literally. Because it it is easy to just say, I like the art, not the person. Yeah. You know, and it's it's kind of the same where it's like, this is going to be crazy, but it just came to my mind. It's kind of like how ultra-Christian people who don't fuck with the LGBTQ would be like, I can love the person and not appreciate their life choices. It's like... Think about what you're saying. Yeah. It, it's not like it's a choice. It's like... But they don't think that. He's know. mentally ill. You can't just be like, I like all of this stuff that this dude's putting out. I'm going to go shill out, you know, 50 bucks for a ticket. And then he's over here saying crazy shit. And it's also like the music's already taken a decline. It's just not he, him saying MAGA yeah. shit on the album, but it's more so that that shit doesn't fit how he, like, wants to portray himself either. Yeah. He wants to do more, like, Christian music and shit, uh-huh. I think, which is weird. I don't think it works well with his skill set, honestly. No. He was on some hardcore kind of shit, almost. You know, talking about, you know, being on the grind and, you know, writing albums and shit every day of the week. I don't remember who I watched that said this, but they were talking about how Kanye lyrically does not have enough juice to make music about I love God, God is good, whatever, interesting. Literally. And they said in comparison to that, it was either Anthony Fantano or Mike Seatown. So I'll take either way. But... But they were talking about how they feel like they get more out of, like, Kendrick's music talking about God and stuff yeah. than, than because he has he a ever would. Perspective on yeah. it. You know, he's talking about 
Which is some real Christian shit, honestly, to be talking about where you see God in your life. Yeah. You know, and how it your religious experience. Yeah. Instead of As talking about acting like God it's... is great, blah blah blah. Because you know, that's generic as fuck. A lot of those are almost talking down to you because yeah. because it's from the perspective almost of this following God shit is easy. I've never had a chink in my armor yeah, or a problem exactly. with my faith ever. And and Kendrick's down. You know, he's he's ready to say this shit has tested my faith. You know, life's been fucking hard because. Yeah. All life is fucking hard. Some real shit. Instead of, you know, I'm gonna go to heaven, live in the kingdom, blah, blah, blah. You know? Like the... the, It's just dry. The song that we did for musical intermission, the Untitled 01 joint, where Kendrick's literally on his knees talking to God, trying to get into heaven, and saying, you know, I made... To pimp a butterfly for you, yeah, I, I ride oh for God. you. Who love you like I love you? Literally. And, and there's a said, bunch of people like that in this world, you know, who have experiences where they're struggling, and it's like they've they've done as good as they can mm. in life, and it's it's just life doesn't always work out that way. You're not gonna see nice. it instantly mm. because you've led a good life. It doesn't mean you're gonna reap any reward. Yeah. Right here, right now. Mm-hmm. You know. And, but it doesn't mean anybody's out to get you either. You know, nothing's against you. Right. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And that's a realistic perspective. And that's what, you know, we come to expect from Kendrick. A lot of pastors are like yeah, it, rehabilitated and, no, and that, crackheads. And no, and that murders. shows the difference too is like it, it's what kind of religious music, you know? Because, and. As the same way that it's like, who do you have speaking to you about religion? Do you have somebody who's lived a real life? Or do you have somebody who works at, like, a mega church? You know, making, you know, avoiding taxes and making thousands of fucking dollars Mm -hmm. off of their congregation, you know? There's two very different sides to that coin. And I think think it shows in the music, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, I think... Do you think Kanye goes to church like that? No chance. Right? No chance. But that's a dude who thinks he, you know, can do good deeds and, you know, start his Donda Academy and whatever. And that's, that makes up for that. Yeah. And it's very funny for him to have shit where he's talked about in music not being able to buy your way into heaven. Mm-hmm. You know? That's true. So it's kind of, it shows that, like, He's changed that much. That's not the same dude, honestly. Nope. So, the last thing I want to end on is that this happened a week or two ago. The Matthew Perry thing. Mm. Uh, rest in peace, for sure. I also wanted to talk about all the pieces of shit that were trying to benefit from it. To Really? Just everybody talking about, oh, he was a proponent of the vaccine and he got what was coming to him and just crazy shit like that. That's how I know you're on Twitter too much because all the shit that you be talking about is like Twitter specific takes. I live on Instagram and Reddit, the light side of the force, if you will. You're over there underneath the fucking rock. (laughs) 
the goddamn echo chamber that is Twitter. Yeah. Good God. But but I oh heard God. a lot of people talking about that. Finish finish your take. I heard a lot of people talking about that. Yeah, you're a piece of shit if you make someone else's death about yeah something like that. Their when, opinion. When there's a everybody has one. There's a perfectly reasonable explanation for what actually happened to him. Unfortunately, yeah. he had problems with drugs in his life. Yeah, and, and that shit happens, and it's And sad. he recovered from that, but it probably did yeah. irreparable damage to his heart. And being in a jacuzzi is bad for people that have heart problems. Yeah, literally. And so to just ignore that and just be like... Nope, I'm gonna. And it's use, a pretty bad way to go too. Yeah, you know? I'm gonna use this to fit my narrative. Right, right, exactly. No, so it's funny because I saw a clip earlier that was Elon talking about what he's done to Twitter, and he's basically it was on Joe Rogan. It's probably from like the most recent episode of the Joe Rogan podcast that he's been on, where Joe's like. Is the Cybertruck's bulletproof? I wonder if it's arrowproof. <laughs> and then really? literally, yes, they they were talking about the Cybertruck being bulletproof, and he decided he wanted to use his compound bow with a broadhead arrow, which basically used for hunting boar, to shoot the Cybertruck. Because rich people doing stupid things is nothing new, and you know, everybody's equally stupid no matter how much fucking money you have. We're all just human. And we all just like to blow shit up and try to destroy shit, you know? Dude, we didn't even talk about the whole Cybertruck thing. And so... We be fucking up, man. This is why we don't batch record stuff. Because when we do that, we have to fucking do ten topics and whatever. We gotta gotta backtrack a bit. Um, But, no, and then Elon's also talking about on that same episode about how uh, the left-wing agenda had taken over Twitter, blah, blah, blah. And so, like, that's why he, you know, is diligent about scanning for bots and, you know, making people pay. It's crazy because the the paid uh, membership, like, yearly membership, it'll be like a dollar for a commentable account. Otherwise, basically, you can just view stuff yeah, for free. But you're not going to be able to give any opinion without paying money eventually. Which is so ironic. Right now they're testing in like free, the Philippines and he, shit like that. He was that. on that free speech platform. Yeah, literally. And so now it's just going to devolve even more so. I think you need to get out of there while you still can. I think it's going to start doing I might irreparable have to get, damage to your psyche. I might have to do threads for real. I'm not touching that shit. Cause, uh, I don't even know anything about it. It's just dumb. Here's what I like about Twitter. I I follow people that talk about music. I follow people that talk about yeah. Louisville sports. I follow people where whatever is happening, I can... Yeah, you can re- tap in. I don't tweet any of my own tweets, but I reply a lot. And yeah. it'll be fun stuff, too. It'll be like, rank these four things. See, rank these four movies. That's okay, why I'm on Reddit. Sure, why not? Like Here, I said, the light side of the force. Here's what I fucking hate about Reddit. If you have an opinion or anything that slightly goes against the norm or deviates from what's accepted to be 
the right opinion on things. You get downvoted. See, I shouldn't be negative thirty down votes because I don't like the same song that you like. See, fuck you, I people. Think that's, I think that's, that's about why I'm off what Reddit. Reddit group you're in. You know, I think you got to find the right Reddit groups. But I think that's just a skill, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's one of those things where it's like, if you know how to find where your opinion's gonna fit, I think that's the big difference from Reddit from yeah. most social media is that. It's categorized so heavily, versus yeah. everything's just visible on Twitter, and mm-hmm. anybody can say whatever the fuck they want. And same for like Instagram, Facebook, and shit like that, where yeah. you can find whatever and comment whatever, and it, it'll just come up in your feed. Isn't that versus Reddit? You follow a group that has opinions that you like, stick with it. Isn't that more of an echo chamber than Twitter? If you're on fucking, I honestly find more cordial conversation on on Reddit than I. That's because you only get downvoted if you fucking say anything. That's what I don't like about. No, what I mean is like there's more of a like instead of everybody just stating opinions like Twitter or Facebook, there's more of a dialogue between people on Reddit. At least on the groups that I'm on. I disagree strongly. It's not just a, you're wrong, downvote. It's a... That's been my experience. Here's my the, take. The positive experiences I've had It's because you can just, Reddit. like, type out more on the, Reddit, too. Like, they have yeah, limited... They, you have, like, 20-word limit on Twitter. You're not really saying the, much. The most positive I've experience I've had on Reddit was maybe, like, in 2017 when I was finding some good Reddit memes... That, that was a good time to be alive. But, Choice Reddit memes. But with shit like music Reddit, it's would, just not the I same because... I agree that that's an area where there's probably a lot more because like, strong opinions. What I like about Twitter, I have a ton of shit where people are like, oh yeah, this is the best album I've ever heard. And I'll be like, okay, I never heard of it bookmarked and I can go back to it at some other point. That's and cool. Yeah. I can pick shit out of that. If I'm on r slash Griselda, which is one of the subreddits that I belong to, even though I don't use Reddit like that, that's one of the ones I belong to. Uh, I'm not gonna fucking see anything in there outside of the one, one time you saw it. One segment of music. It's not gonna be anything outside of that. Yeah. As opposed to Twitter where people are talking about pop music, people are talking about uh, old school, modern, people talking about everything on fucking Twitter. Uh, but going back to what you were saying before, with the fucking Cybertruck shit, uh, I'm pretty sure I called it. I'm pretty sure I called that. I don't even think it was that long ago. Did we have that conversation that the Cybertrucks thing was bullshit? What about it being bullshit? Well, <coughs> so the pre-order for the Cybertruck came out in, like, 2017. Oh my god, you're right, that shit was forever ago. It was a fucking grip ago, and then I remember they had a Cybertruck in the new Freezer video with Kendrick, yeah. and I was like, damn, that's crazy that they have some unreleased shit. And now it's fucking 2023, and I was like, 
Where's the Cybertruck? Is this fucking mythical thing ever coming out? And Elon basically had to come out and say that the the Cybertruck production was royally fucked up and it wasn't happening. Yeah. It's done. It is kaput. It's it's crazy because it's basically one of those like there's only so many of them in the world type shits now. You know? Yeah. Which makes Jesus sense. Jesus Christ. What? The first 2024 Tesla Cybertruck has reportedly been sold at auction for $400,000. Damn. I mean, like, yeah, that's one of those, like, just wild things. I mean, how the fuck are you, are you just going to... 2017? Yeah. And just, just now, you're going to be like... Hey, so remember that time that I said I was going to do an EV pickup truck? Yeah, that's not happening. And then also, like, those cars are just... I mean, Teslas it, themselves are stupid anyway. Because I, I don't agree with a business model for a vehicle that you can't work on yourself. Yeah. Or take to your local mechanic. You shouldn't have to wait, you know, months while your car is getting shipped back to California. So, how you feel about Elon, I feel like, shows your political stance and not much else. Mm-hmm. Because the the more that I've learned about business, the more I've been like, that dude is super suspect. That Literally. dude is super suspicious. And as time goes on, that just proves more and more to be true. I have one professor that fucking likes the guy. And it's yeah. like, how can you have any fucking knowledge of business it, yeah, at literally. all and look at him and be like, yeah, he knows what he's he doing. He knows what he's doing. No, the fuck he doesn't. He's yeah. got the money for it. Everything about fucking the Twitter thing literally. has been a fiasco. The fact that... It's called X now, and everybody still calls it Twitter. Literally. No one's buying into the new brand. So so what you did there was you took the brand recognition that you that paid you a bought. billion yeah. dollars for and said, yeah, that's not what this is anymore. What? Yeah, it's wild. What did you it's pay wild. for? Why couldn't you have created your own website called X? If you're just going to do it like that from the beginning. Literally. But I bet he wasn't going to do that from the beginning because he's been flying by the tail of his pants the whole time. Literally. No, dude, he has to just do everything on a whim, it seems. It, it was a good run, Twitter. <laughs> I'm waiting for it Sometimes. to actually die. You know? Like, it's weird because it is. Well, like, like you once said, you got to pay X, for it, but it's everybody calls it. Oh, absolutely. Once you have to pay for it, it's because even the people that I follow that tweet the most probably are not paying $1 to be able to. I mean, out of principle. Literally out of principle, bro. Oh my god. That's how I feel about it, too. Is It's like, I mean, that's why I, I deleted it after he bought it. Because I was just like, I thought I was going to start using it for the podcast. But, like, I don't even want us on there like that. It can exist until that shit gets taken down. Like, no thank you. 
All right, that's all we had for this week's episode. I'm glad to be back and live in the studio. Um, hopefully, we're going to get more guests in here. I've been trying to reach out to some people. And yeah, new episode every Thursday. Thanks for listening.